0: You know, every time I'm invited to preach in English, I get very nervous because of my Egyptian accent. But today I'm not, because I know that you are used to preachers with accent. It helps a lot. I am honored and pleased to be with you this morning. I bring you greetings from your brothers and sisters in the Presbyterian Church in Egypt. I bring you greetings from your brothers and sisters in the Christian Arabic Church in Richmond, Virginia. Your sister church in ECO, um, we are grateful for your support and prayers. Uh, Your support and prayers enable us to continue our ministry among immigrants and refugees from the Middle East in Virginia. Thank you so much. Our reading this morning is from the book of Mark, chapter 6. Starting verse thirty, and knowing that you know the whole story i 'm going just to read for the sake of time the verses thirty through thirty seven the disciples gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught then, because so many so many people were coming and going that they did not have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So, they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed, and saw a large crowd. He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it is already late. Send the people away, So they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year, half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? And you know the rest of the story is a miracle Jesus did to feed these hungry people. As parents of three children, my wife and I watch a lot of children movies. Sometimes it's because we like to, and sometimes because we have to. One of the movies we watch it several times, a movie called Horton Hears a Who. I don't know if you watch this movie or not, but it's a funny movie. In Horton Hears a Who, it's it's a, 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 a story based on a book by Dr. Seuss. And in this movie, a young elephant, in this picture, named Horton. Horton hears a voice coming from a speck of dust. And found out that there is a whole world of people down there called Whoville. Horton wanted to help the people of Whoville. But of course, nobody believed Horton. Nobody believed that they are there. Everybody thought that this is just an elephant who went nuts. The kangaroo convinced everyone to get rid of the elephant and destroy the speck. To prove that they are here, Horton asked the people of Hoville to scream out loud, We are here! We are here! We are here! here!" And finally, They were able to hear them, and they were able to believe that they are here, and they need help. They are here. Jesus and his disciples in this story went to a solitary place to spend some quiet time, to get some rest. But a lot of people followed Jesus in that place. And Jesus, the Bible says that when he saw them, he had compassion on them. And, and he told the, fire, the disciples, they are here, and they need help. But the disciples did not accept expect this, and did not want this. They did not want people to be around in this time. They had a problem. You may, have seen, you may have seen this picture, not this picture, this picture, on the news. This picture, picture tells us that they are here. This is a military cargo airplane carrying 640 people from Afghanistan who helped the American military throughout the years. They were evacuated along with tens of thousands of people who are running away from the Taliban seeking safe haven. Aside from the Afghanistan crisis, hundreds of thousands of people come here from all over the world every year as immigrants and refugees to the United States. And they are here in our local communities, in our nation. For many, for many people, like the disciples, this is a problem. And some people call it crisis. Looking back into our story today from the Bible, Jesus went with his disciples to a quiet place to spend some quiet time to get some rest, but a big crowd followed them. And the Bible says that immediately when Jesus landed and saw these people in verse Uh, 34, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. It's Different from the disciples who were looking at these people. Jesus had compassion on them because they were like sheep without shepherd. Look at this picture and imagine how would Jesus look at these people. And the Bible says, Jesus started with the most important thing. He began teaching them many things. Started with giving them the word of God's kingdom. By the end of the day, Jesus knew that those people were hungry and they needed to eat. I think you will agree with me that it was not a big problem for Jesus to feed 5,000, 10,000 or even 20,000 people. You know, in the old days, he fed more than two million people three meals every day for 40 years in the wilderness. So it was not a big deal for him to feed 5,000 people for one meal. He didn't need help from anyone to do that. But... It brings joy to His heart to invite us to partner with Him, to share His love and compassion with other people who are in need for help around us. The people He loves, the people He died for. This crowd and their needs. For Jesus was an opportunity to teach them the Word of God, was an opportunity to serve and help. For the disciples, it was a problem. It was a big crisis. The same thing happened with the church today in regards to immigrants and refugees around us. You see, in the Great Commission, Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Pastor Brian preached a wonderful sermon in our church about this last month. But, it seems that the church is not doing a good enough job nowadays to go out to the whole world and preach the gospel. What God would do? God is bringing the people from all over the world here to the church in our nation, in our local communities. As a matter of fact, the church has neglected to take the gospel to more than one-fifth, one-fifth of the world's population. A majority of the one-fifth of the world's population are the people of Islam. And they are coming here. In fact, many of them are here already. I don't know if you know that Islam is the fastest growing religion on earth, containing about two billion followers. Yet, ministry and evangelism among Muslims is by far the most neglected mission field. Some reports claim that as little as 1% of the world's missionary force is working among Muslims. The Christian church has never seriously attempted to reach the hundreds of millions of Muslims around the world at any time of history. The great missionary, Samuel Zwemer, nicknamed the Apostle to Islam, who served in Egypt and many other Muslim countries, stated that, he said that, quote, one might suppose that the church thought the Great Commission did not apply to Muslims, end quote, meaning Jesus said, go out to the whole world, preach the gospel to all nations except Muslims. If only 1% of the world missionary force is working among Muslims, that means there is about one missionary to, for every 1 million Muslims in the world. You know what that means? It also means that there are Christian missionaries in Alaska more than the whole Muslim world. And because the church neglected to go out to the Muslim world, share the good news with them, God is bringing them here. They are here. Well, not all of them yet, but many of them are here. They are here. Back to our story from Mark. Jesus was determined to feed the hungry people, and he put this challenge before his disciples. He told them, You give them something to eat. These people are tired. These people are hungry. You, you give them something to eat. The disciples suggested an easy fix to this crisis. In verse 36, they said, Send them away. Look at your Bible. That's what they said. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Send them away. Send them anywhere. Send them to Canada. Send them to China. Send them to Mexico. Send them to where they came from. Send them anywhere. We don't want to do, we don't want anything to do with these people or their problems. Send them away. And when it comes to Immigrants and refugees that God sent them here in our midst. Sometimes we respond in a way like the disciples. Send them away. Send them away. But Jesus wants us to see it as a big opportunity, not a big crisis. Jesus wants us to see it as a big opportunity because the people that was very hard to send missionaries, was hostile Uh, uh, environment, to to send missionaries to live there. They are here. And Jesus still puts this challenge before the church today, saying you, you give them something to eat. And, And brothers and sisters, I'm not talking about politics. As a church, as a church, we're not asking who they are, where they come from, how they come here, why they come here. Law enforcement people asking these questions and dealing with these problems and they should, they should. But as a church we have a mandate. Jesus is telling us, you give them something to eat. Yes, it is it is and it can be inconvenient sometimes, because here in this situation the disciples were were hoping for some quiet time. We're hoping for to get some rest. And and Jesus is telling them to, instead of getting quiet time and getting some rest, (coughs) get up, get up and serve those people who are in need. Feed the hungry people. Yes, it could be a financial burden. It could be a financial problem. This is what I call Philip's problem. You know, in in the book of John, chapter 6, when he wrote about this story, John 6, verses 5 to 7, Jesus asked Philip, how can we get food for these people? Philip immediately got his calculator and calculated the cost. He said, "It would take more than half a year's of wages, 200 dinar. That that means, means someone need to work for six months to get food for these people. It would take more than half a year of wages to buy enough bread to each one to have a bite. Could be, but still, Jesus wants us to do it. How?" Let me share you very quick four, four ways, four things that we can do. First, share with love. Share with love. And this is a story. You know, Jesus did a miracle and fed the thousands of people who were hungry. But where this bread and fish came from, a young child shared his lunch. Two parents, mom and dad raised their child, taught their child to give, to share, to love, to sacrifice even his lunch. You know, this is against children's nature. Children's, everything is mine, mine, mine. They want to take. But this child went against his nature by giving up, sacrificing his lunch. And Jesus was asking the disciples to do the same. Sacrifice your quiet time. Sacrifice your time of rest, love. In one of the universities in, um, in Richmond, there was a student from Kuwait. And her parents came to visit at one time. A few days, father got sick, went to the hospital. They found out he has stage 4 cancer, and he only had a few days to live. It was very hard for the mom and this student. But the people from the university, staff, who were Christians, sacrificed their vacation time, their days off, and stood with their family and showed real Christian love to them during this time. The father passed away. And they found real support and love from those Christian people in the university. Mom, in preparation to take the, the, her husband's body back to Kuwait, went to the staff in their office and asked, it, I want to know why you did this to us. We don't like you. We don't like you. Why you did this to us? And the answer from one of the staff, she was, by the way, a pastor's wife. She told her, this is the love of Christ. She said, I won't know about this Christ, because this is different from the one we are learning about. She told her, well, I don't speak good English, I don't speak good Arabic, let's go to the pastor of the Arabic church. They called. I said, yes, please come anytime. Because they were very, they were very busy preparing to go back to Kuwait, they stopped on their way to the airport. And you told me, we have 15 minutes. What can you do in 15 minutes? I prayed with her, and I gave her the Arabic Bible. Six years later, a woman with veal walked in our church during worship Sunday night. After church, she came to the door, greeted me. Do you remember me? I said, no, I'm sorry. Well, do you remember this Bible you gave me six years ago? I said, yes, I do. Well, I'm back. I want to be baptized. Just by the touch of love, she experienced from those people, the Bible and the Holy Spirit. Love is number one. Number two, pray. Pray. This is a picture of a family being baptized. Um, baptizing them in the lake in the uh, western part of Virginia. This family came to the United States with two children, twins. Their son died in a car accident. It was a trauma. We learned about it. We start to pray about them in the church. They were Muslims. Our prayer was for the Holy Spirit to open their hearts, to accept Jesus Christ, and know the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. Who can comfort a family in this situation other than the Holy Spirit? And how can they receive comfort from the Holy Spirit unless they receive Jesus Christ in their hearts? And this was our prayer for them at the church day and night, every all the time one year later a friend of this family who told us about the situation said do you know about the Muslim family from from Alexandria they lost their son a year ago I said yes we've been praying for them all the time he said well God answered the prayers the mother saw saw Jesus in a vision and now she's reading the Bible You want to visit with them? I said, yes. We visited with them for a year, once a week, read the Bible, study the Bible, and a year later, here they are, being baptized, accepted Jesus Christ, and received comfort from the Holy Spirit. Pray for their needs, physical and spiritual needs, especially the need for salvation. And number three, reach out. Reach out constantly. It takes time. It takes effort, it takes energy Reach out to them Um, This man here He's being baptized In the hospital He Was an Iraqi person When he was young He fell in love with a Muslim woman In order for a Christian A Christian person to marry A Muslim girl He converted to Islam after the war, the family wanted to were seeking a refugee outside Iraq. United Nations were able to take the wife and the children out to Jordan. The husband couldn't. In Jordan, churches were doing a mission among refugees. She and her children came to Christ and were baptized there. He went to Turkey. He became a radical Muslim. Three years later, he came to Richmond to join his family who came to our church and became members in our church. The wife was praying for him all the time to come. But when he came, he was a different person. She thought he would be happy that he became Christians, but he was not. He was uh, uh, beating them because they were going to church. We tried to reach out to him several times. I come from the front door. He ran away from the back door. His wife said, don't give up. Don't give up. Keep coming. Keep talking to him. And ask every time, ask the church, pray for him, pray for him. And one day, on January 5, 19, uh, 2019, she called me and said, Muwafak in the hospital, come pray with, with him. I said, well, I don't want to embarrass him. I, I can not pray from here and God will listen. He said, no, he wants you to come and pray. I said, he, he rejected that before. He said, today he wants to. I went to the hospital, prayed for him. And he said, he felt tired, came to the hospital. They kept him there to do a heart catheterization. He will go home after that. I said, okay, we will come pray with you when you come home. He said, please. Sunday, he was not released. She said, please, go pray with him in the hospital. It was our day, our, our Christmas day, January 7th. And she said, take communion with you. I told her I can't because he's a Muslim. She said, just offer it. If he accepts, it's okay. If not, don't force it on him. I went there. Prayed with him. We had three elders, and asked him. We have communion, and you know what that means. Do you want to take it? He said, No. I want to be baptized first. I said, You know what that means? It means you give your life to Christ. He said, To the last breath of my life, my life belong to Christ. I said, Do you confess that He's uh, His Lord, His God, His Savior? He said, To the last breath of my life, I confess. I asked the elders if there is anything that will stop us from baptizing him. I, I told him we can, we can do it later in the lake. Somewhere. He said, no, now, now. I said, how? He gave me the cup from the hospital and said, here is the water. We baptized him. He took communion. We left at the hospital 11.30 Sunday evening. He went to be with the Lord 11.30 Monday morning, 12 hours. 12 hours. And he's now In glory with the Lord. Number four. Let the Spirit lead. Let the Holy Spirit lead. You know, for Jesus to do this miracle, the child gave his lunch. Five loaves of bread and two fish. But also, uh, Andrew, Andrew, one of the disciples, he is the one who found this child and brought him to Jesus. You know, if you read about Andrew in the Bible, he is the one who used to bring people to Jesus. He brought his Peter His his brother, Peter, to Jesus. You know, when you have a a troublemaker brother, what you do with them? Bring them to Jesus. He did. Uh, uh, In in John 12, the uh, people from Greece came and were uh, uh, asking about Jesus. Uh, Philip brought them to Andrew, but Andrew brought them to Jesus. And here, Andrew didn't ask what Jesus can do with these five loaves of two fish. All what he did, he let the Spirit lead, and the Spirit led him to take these few things Jesus. And Jesus did the miracle. Follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. Let the Spirit lead. Last story. Um, one time one of our members told me uh, there is a Saudi, a couple from Saudi Arabia. They need help to fill one of the immigration forms. In our church we do all of that for free as a way of witnessing to people. I told him, well, they can come. He said, the only times they are available Sunday evening. Sunday evening is our worship service time. I said, can they come after the worship service? He said, yes. Okay. Then, while I'm preaching, I used to put my phone in front of me to no time. I'm sorry I didn't do that today. So, he sent me a message during the uh, worship while I was preaching. They are here. I said, okay. We'll do it after worship. Then, you know, um, the iPhone, if you set it on reminder that the notifications... Every three minutes, the message appears on the screen. They are here. I said, okay, I know. And then three minutes, minutes, they are here. Okay, what can I do? And then a voice in my heart said, change the sermon. What? We, We Presbyterians don't do that. In the middle of the sermon, change the sermon. This is an opportunity. Two Muslim people from Saudi Arabia are sitting in front of you in the church. Talk to them. And he did. And this is another story. Let the Holy Spirit lead. Jesus is asking us, challenging us. They are here. You give them something to eat. Give them the word of God. Give them Jesus. Jesus. Jesus in John 6, I will close with these verses. John 6:48 said, "I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that comes down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world." Give them this bread. They are here. Give them, you, brothers and sisters, give them something to eat. Let us pray. Father, it is written that the eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. Thank you, Father, for inviting us to be your partners in giving this food to people who are hungry, people people who are in need, around us Lord the people you love are here the people you died for are here and they are in need for the good news they are in need for the good news now more than ever give us the hearts of your son Jesus Christ to have compassion on them and give us the eyes of your son Jesus Christ to see their needs to share the gospel with them and love Help us to introduce your son Jesus Christ, the bread of life, with the people around us here in our local communities and all over the world. In Jesus' name, amen.